We have to go back! Hello everyone and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I am Sir Ricky of the Fort Worth. And I am Sir Grayson of Culver City. And today we explore the tale, a, a, a tale as old as time itself. Where we go back and review the Disney live action movie, A Kid in King Arthur's Court. Mm, mm, mm. Are you going to do that for the full episode? Oh, the entirety of the episode. Oh, okay. Be our most no. skipped episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, there is a movie coming out called The Boy Who Would Be King. Uh, and we all remember the movie Kid in King Arthur's Court, right? You, you yeah. remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's part it's of a- the, the growing up uh, canon of movies that you have to watch. Yeah. You watch Kid in King Arthur's Court, and then you get a stick of Old Spice. It's uh, a rite of passage. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think we had different uh, educational programs. It's a mixed bag. <laughs> so if you don't remember a kid in King Arthur's Court, here is a brief synopsis. A 14-year-old little leaguer uh, by the name of Calvin Fuller, uh, also known as, hey, isn't that the kid for Rookie of the Year? It sure is. Well, his life is one big strikeout when he lets his team down. But then an earthquake sends him through a magical time rift, and he finds himself in King Arthur's Court. Trademark. But all is not well with the realm. An aged King Arthur is in danger of losing control to the evil Lord Belasco, who is not a subtle villain. And now it's up to Calvin to save the kingdom. But before he can find a way to vanquish Belasco, he must find a way to conquer his own fears. And so that we don't call him the rookie of the year kid the whole time, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Calvin Fuller is played by Thomas Ian Nicholas. So commit that to yeah. memory. And if you're yep. an American Pie fan, you know him in his, his later years. So Thomas Ian Nicholas. I don't know how Isn't big a American- character he was because I never saw those movies, but... Uh, oh, yeah, because yeah. I went to the YMCA. <laughs> sure, they, that wasn't part of the YMCA Criterion Collection. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, no, so I actually remember this way earlier. I remember this pre-YMCA. I watched this, like, at daycare? Anyway, uh, yeah, so I watched this movie. Uh, I remember this in, like, the Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves era of watching uh, directed VHS movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... This apparently had a theatrical release. Yeah. The I and I did not know that because I just remember it as a VHS, which I always assumed was the platform in which it mostly lived in. Mm. Uh, but it has an estimated budget. No one really knows the budget, but it had an estimated budget of about fifteen million. Uh, but total, it grossed thirteen million. Uh, didn't do too well there, but it <laughs> is. Yeah. Known as a movie that is very hard to find. We had, yeah. uh, you know, we ran out of some of our Showtime trials for Hulu uh, to be able to watch it there. Because that's the only place you can stream it online without, like, renting it from, like, iTunes, right? Well, you can do the Showtime through Amazon Prime as well. And uh, basically Showtime. you got to have access to Showtime and then you can can watch it. Yeah. But, yeah, when- Ended up just renting it, but uh, so so I mean that kind of closes uh, that two million dollar gap. So <laughs> little by little, 
little by little, they, they're getting it back. Yep. Uh, even Disney was just like, hey, you want to you wanna watch this? Yeah, buy it. You can buy a physical DVD of it. It yeah. did not make its way to Blu-ray, unfortunately. No. Uh, because of all the special features that I'm sure that they have. Mm. Um, like how to build a bike with medieval tools. That, that would be interesting, actually. It'd be cool if there was one of those uh, DVD-ROM interactive components <laughs> Where yes. you could like take random uh, items and build them to be modern day things. That would have been fun. I would love it. I remember watching this on the Disney Channel. I don't think I ever oh. owned the physical copy. Um, and yeah, Disney uh, wasn't invested in the sequel. Although there was a sequel uh, a couple years later called A Kid in Aladdin's Palace. It was still released by yep. Trimark, but... Uh, Disney not involved, so uh, I never saw that though. I, I I never got around to it. I don't I don't think I realized yeah. it existed until doing research for this movie. Same, like it it looks like it's a lot of the same, except I think he I think it's the same kid, right? It's, oh yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's Thomas, Thomas, Thomas Nicholas, Nichols came back. Yeah, so he came back and he's just. The kid that people keep on mistaking for, like, yeah. Well, in fact, the tagline for that movie was "A kid is back," which is like, <laughs> okay, I get what you did there with the title, but why are you talking like Game of Thrones? Let me just tell you, one of my favorite things about this movie, "A Kid in King Arthur's Court," is the poster. Now, Grayson, mm. this movie, there, we've reviewed movies before where a lot of the setting of certain movies is the 90s like steel for example steel is a movie where it's just like the setting is oh just like uh it's like detroit or whatever it's like this location during this time period is like no 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 the setting is the 90s 90s. yeah they just like reboot cube the 90s over all of them yeah and my favorite thing like i talked to my wife i'm like hey so wife tell me what you would guess for this to be uh, the tagline for the movie. So it's called, it's, the movie's called A Kid in King Arthur's Court. It's about this kid who plays baseball in the 90s and he gets taken to like King Arthur times. What would the tagline be? She's like, uh, he, and, and I was like, and he's also wearing rollerblades. She's like, I don't know, skate through the night, but spell night. I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good, yeah. Oh, that's really good. That's good. Uh, she's like, uh, I don't know. She's like, uh, he's going to party all night long. I'm just like, listen, you wow. should have been on this project. In 95. Mm-hmm. But no, the thing that got me is it saying a kid in King Arthur's court. And right underneath it, it says, Joust, do it. And I, I just screamed. Wow. I just screamed. I said, they they did it. That's actually really good, too. Yeah. They they did it. That How else are kids going to know that this movie is firmly planted in the era in which they live in today? So this movie is only very loosely uh, based on Mark Twain's novel, uh, Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court. Yeah, keeping it classy, keeping it yeah. literary. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and that story, um, like most Mark Twain things, is commentary on the South. Whereas this movie is commentary on California geography. <laughs> I'm a... Uh... <laughs> Reseda, I, I'm Calvin from Reseda. Yeah. yeah. It's bowling capital of the world. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically the 
book in which this story is loosely based on. Um, a Yankee engineer from Connecticut named Hank Morgan receives a severe blow to the head and somehow transported in time and space to England during the reign of King Arthur. And a lot of modern day, like, I mean, this book was written in 1889, so a lot of some 89 antics happened. Uh, but basically, uh, Mark Twain wrote this because he... Said He wrote it as satire of feudalism and monarchy that also celebrates homespun ingenuity and democratic values while questioning the ideas of capitalism and outcomes of the Industrial Revolution. And yeah. you get those themes in Kid and King Arthur's yeah, Court, I, too. I could see a little bit of that. <laughs> so, And actually, Disney made a similar movie um, that was closer to a Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court in 1979 called Unidentified Flying Oddball, um, mm. where basically same premise, except it's space. Same Merlin, too, though, right? Yeah, that, that connects the two. Oh, okay. Thomas Ian Nicholas, actually, he got nominated for an award for this movie. Really? Yeah, so he got nominated for the 1996 Young Artist Award for Best Young Supporting Actor in a Feature Film. This surprises me that he was in the Supporting Actor category because uh, i mean he's he's the kid he's in yeah. the title he's on the poster but, well yeah. well we all know that the real star of this movie is baseball that's true just baseball do it. Yeah. Uh, just do it yeah actually the real stars of this movie is uh kate winslet and daniel craig yeah i was shocked definitely don't remember that this was his third movie and her second movie ever but yeah Really, uh, really strong twist, and I just always like it. Spoiler alert for this movie. <laughs> what I like about this is I always enjoy when the most famous people in a movie uh, end up together, and yep. they they go off to have long, prosperous careers. But I thought it was a really strong twist. Yeah. But I was really surprised by the reveal at the end, and I was like, oh, so this is the fourth movie in our Shyamalan-a-thon. <laughs> Keep it going. <laughs> Oh, uh, yep. Yep, we couldn't truly end our Shyamalan-a-thon without another movie. Yeah, it's this should have been called Lady in the Armor. Oh! That's, that's oh, the second take title. Grayson! Yeah, but it gives away the ending, so, yeah. <laughs> Who, who's in the armor? I, I couldn't... It, I, it, I, don't, oh. I don't know. I don't, you never see him in the same room. That'd be like <laughs> calling The Sixth Sense the dead guy. <laughs> <laughs> Which guys to take? Oh, I see. Could be any of them. Mm. Maybe it's the guy who is top build. I guess. So watching this movie today, uh, I'll, I'll be honest. You know, we we do have a mantra on this a podcast that every yeah. movie is a miracle. Every uh, movie's a miracle. And uh, and we and we do not seek out to bash movies actively. No. Uh, however, uh, this was this movie was hard to watch. Uh, it 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 was difficult because. The this this is a, this I feel like this movie is a great example of um, a premise and then someone saying yeah just run with it uh, because they there's there's kind of like a story here about like you know Calvin learning to be brave but yeah. that doesn't follow through the whole time it's more just like. Okay, so how many 90s references can we make in this medieval time thing? Just like, hey, I need you to make roller skates. 
or rollerblades, and I need you to make a bicycle, and I'm going to make a Big Mac. Like, these are all plot points in this movie. Well, kind of a Big Mac. <laughs> yeah. It's not a real Big Mac. And as someone who has eaten more than several people's fair share of Big Macs, <laughs> i just like to say, there are no tomatoes or poisonous love apples on a Big Mac. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what he was quoting, but that is not the Big Mac slogan. It is two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Not a once did I say tomatoes, so I don't know what that was all about. Yeah, and uh, I'm sorry, that didn't look like sesame seed buns. Anyway, we're talking about sesame seed buns on this uh, review, so we're, we really fixed in on what we could uh, fix in on. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it's sometimes there are movies that just get made, uh, and not to say that this is like a bad movie. I just don't think that this is the most interesting version of this story. Of this premise, uh, yeah. To yeah. their credit, they do... Uh, ha- spend a long time on the premise of this movie, which was a kid just being in King Arthur's court. Like, what if a kid from the 90s with all of his pop culture references and general cluelessness yep. was thrown into that time? And they do that. I think what I think you have an excellent point of saying that they don't really deliver on his, I don't know what you would, his bravery in general, his confidence. Right. Um they, I don't think they deliver on that because I think this movie is a great example of the importance of setup. A lot of people are like, oh, just just like jump right into the premise. Like that's the more interesting stuff anyway. We don't want exposition. And I understand that instinct, but there there is some homework you have to do to maximize the the payoff of your story. And I mean, they're five and a half minutes in and he's falling through a crack in the earth. We know very little about him. We know he has a family that a very is supportive. supportive. Right. I was like, this yeah. kid's life is pretty great. I don't know what he needs to fix. And it's like, yeah. okay, he doesn't have confidence. Yet when he lands in King Arthur's time, he's seems very confident whenever he met. He's not freaking out about it he takes time travel very calmly and yeah. it's like it seems like you're already confident you just kind of choke when you play baseball maybe you don't play baseball maybe <laughs> do something else clearly like, you like other sports like biking and rollerblading so do that like yeah. that would have been really great like you brought up a good point because i i kept on waiting and wanting for them to be like oh he's not good at baseball like but he seems to be really good at like wood shop like, did he yeah, help? He's this really out? good at other stuff. Or like an engineer, he's like, hey, here's here are the schematics for a bike. Like he, yeah. like designed a bike. Like that, I felt like that got really underplayed. Like, yeah, but I can't play baseball. You can be an engineer. He's and an just engineer. Have your future he's set. And I thought that 100%. that one hundred percent. I think that that would have been like a more interesting take. Like, oh. Yeah. Maybe I don't need to be good at baseball, but so, I'm good at this other thing. That's what I love about uh, Monsters University, the yeah. the prequel to Monsters, Inc., is it had that lesson at it. The lesson of that movie is you may not be good. You will not be good at everything. And maybe the thing you want to be good at isn't the thing you are good at, but you have a skill at something else. So invest your time at discovering what that other skill is and like love that, lean into that. You can help people another way. 
And I think that should have been the lesson of this movie of, oh, I'm just bad at baseball, but I'm amazing <laughs> at this other thing. Yeah. Rather than trying to become good at the thing that he probably isn't as skilled at. So I don't know. A lot of lessons to be learned here. <laughs> but overall, I, I'd say that this movie is fine. I, I think like after we got through like the first half of the movie and because I legitimately forgot about baseball because they only really bring it up at the very beginning and at the very end. And so when he get, does get transported back, I'm like, oh, yeah, baseball. Like, I know he had, like, his baseball uniform. Yeah, I was like, like I couldn't a- forget it because he never changed <laughs> out of that uniform because he makes zero attempt to blend in. Right. Yeah. But, but like, for me, I was just like, oh, yeah, he's just wearing his, like, modern day clothes. But, like, I forgot that baseball was, like, a plot point because they don't talk about baseball he's not like oh let me teach you guys about baseball and like he he tries to get better at it or they try to like tell us when is your um receda customs like you guys want to play baseball like yeah. that that could have been a thing um but like they they never reference baseball while they're in king arthur times they bring up 90s things and so i think mm-hmm. that the story that was happening inside of the king arthur's court thing i thought that was interesting enough just like oh we've seen king arthur older now kind of detached from what you know most kids in the 90s who i think their only reference to king arthur other than school would have been sword in the stone like the other disney movie that came out of the vault um and that was my oh yeah like the little kid who like pulled a sword from the stone like that was my only reference and so Mm. seeing like an older king arthur who uh, kind of became like not a great king and kind of lost his way and had this kid was the one who bring him back. Like that story was interesting. I, I wrote the same thing down that like that seems like the more interesting story is m- maybe that's why he was slotted as supporting actor in this because it should be Arthur as the main character here. And we already have some backstory on him just from culture but he is he's the the fallen king basically the people have lost faith in him he's lost guinevere by this point i think it's telling that lancelot is nowhere in this story because at this point he would have been uh betrayed because of the the love story between guinevere and lancelot from the lore um and so he's he's alone he only has his his daughters and even then they they say that he's become detached there are times where they play him as somewhat forgetful, which is hard to watch. And um, I mean, he's he's a king towards the end of his life who really doesn't seem to have much interest in being king anymore. He wants, I, I think, just to to be a good man again and be someone who's respected and be a father. But he just doesn't know how to get back there. Um, and he's fairly detached and, and easily played by these sinister forces. So I think that that's a more interesting arc. Um, And I found myself really caring a lot more about that of um, how can, how can he be basically the return of the King uh, and, and to be the man he once was. And uh, yeah, I'd like to follow that. That that's the story that I want to see because Calvin gets his confidence like instantly um, he's like, oh, I, I can do this. Turns out I can do it. And I think what you were saying about the baseball element, yeah, you 100% expect to see a, a, a 
baseball game with King Arthur. Uh, kind of like Hook, where he's bad at baseball, exactly. plays baseball with the pirates, yes. and then he's fine. <laughs> like, that's his confidence. Yes. And he clearly has no qualms with disrupting the timelines. So why not play baseball? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just think it would have been uh, kind of an interesting thing to do. And that somehow that inspires King Arthur to be like this coach-like figure and get back his ability to inspire the troops and uh, hold his round table. Like we never see the knights at the round table and it's not going to start now. Um, so I guess that just doesn't happen. So I, I, I wanted, I really wanted to follow King Arthur a lot more, I think, and to, to treat him with, uh, respect, I guess, respect as a character, at least. Yeah, for sure. But the one thing about this movie that I loved more than anything else, and I want this to be like a trope namer, the Jan sport. I loved how he had everything he could have possibly needed in his Jansport. It was like a cartoon character's back pocket where he's like, oh, yeah, I just got a flashlight. I was like, you you brought a flashlight to your baseball game? Like, what what were you packing for? And then he's like, oh, don't worry, I've got... uh, Guys, what was the like other why thing? the skates? Yeah. He fit a pair of skates in his Jansport. Yep. And why did he have to skate? His parents were there. He couldn't ride with his parents. Yep. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's got a CD player, which apparently I didn't know how CD players worked. Yeah. I didn't know that it had like this high intensity beam yep. that could be weaponized. Yep. yep. Yeah. Uh, that's I think the biggest lesson learned, Grace, is, is that uh, to play baseball, you need to know the ins and out of your disc man. Uh, mm-hmm, which, mm-hmm. by the way, he had the longest pair of headphones ever, uh, I which I loved. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, I like I like that the Jan Sport as 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 a film trope. Um, well, you know who has the ultimate Jan Sport then? Who? Mary Poppins. <laughs> Mary Poppins is sport in that Jan Sport. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like he just pulled everything. He's like, oh man, I got my Swiss Army knife. I'm just like, <laughs> of course you do, because. And I think when he was running away after they were accusing him of murdering uh, Katie, uh, I realized that he was running with the backpack. I'm like, oh, that's right. He has yeah. had everything he has ever needed. Like, this was yeah. his utility belt. And uh-huh. with zero explanation of, like, him packing before, it's just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> my disc man. Or, oh, yeah, my Swiss Army knife. It's like, oh, yeah, my schematics for a bike. Uh, maybe my favorite part of that movie. The only other thing that we could do uh, research-wise for this movie is really explore, like, the weaponry. I mean, they jousted, they knighted. I think there was actually rumors of a deleted scene where they had a headcanon challenge. Oh, oh, headcanon. Hear ye, hear ye, for it is time to launch the inaugural headcanon. It is a part of the show where we share unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film as read strictly from the scroll of scripts. Uh, so here's my biggest piece of headcanon. Wow. Just wow, Grayson. Um, mm-hmm. I remember it like it was yesterday. Mm. It's been 800 years since I remember the Titanic. And uh, headcanon is that uh, this is really, like, we, we, we think of it as, you know, the 
story being told from Calvin's perspective, but really, mm-hmm. this is told from the story of Rose from Titanic. Near, mm-hmm. far, wherever you are. Um, you know, that song's all about the kid in King Arthur's court. And oh, wow. Her, her first yeah. love, um, who was? James Bond. James Bond. Her first love, Mr. Daniel Craig himself, James Bond. So I guess the was the jewel the the one that was in Blasco's helmet? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. It it's not there blue, it is. but whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's what happens with age. Oh, 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 oh. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Okay. Well, you know, and after being at the bottom of an ocean. Yeah, no, I think that that's how jewelry works. It, mm-hmm. it absorbs the color of whatever it's soaked in. Yep. Um, so I had a, a couple different ones I was toying with. At one point, Belasco says that he wants to make Camelot great again, but I'm not going anywhere near that. Um, I also toyed with the idea that Merlin is the ancestor of Doc Brown. Um, just because they both use time travel to stop bullies and, um, (laughs) they got the same hair. Yeah. Some wild and crazy hair. Yeah. Yeah. I I also like, so this is part of the Calvin utility Jan sport. Mm -hmm. Um, so Calvin is a cheating cheater, by the way. (laughs) Um, let's just say that. So not only does he fight dirty when he kicks Belasco in the undercarriage, but he pulls that crazy glue out of his pocket to attach himself to crazy the saddle. Yeah. I know it's like favorite. crazy glue, right? Yeah. The craggle. Yeah. Um, that that glue is uh, a real problem, though, because it wasn't in his backpack. It was in the pocket of his baseball pants, which in general, baseball players don't need crazy glue. Uh, I was Googling possible uses of crazy glue by baseball players. Mm -hmm. That's in my search history now. (laughs) And um, the main thing I came across was that baseball players would use crazy glue if they were corking their bats, uh, which is... uh, Sammy Sosa, I think, got accused of this uh, a while back when his bat cracked open and there's cork, and then he said oh, it, was, it was a mix-up. But basically, what corking a bat is is where you cut off the the end of the bat, you hollow it out, fill it with cork to to like lighten it and give it bounce and things like that, and then you crazy glue the end back on. And they were saying like that's what that's why a baseball player would have crazy glue. So. I think Calvin had such little confidence that he was cheating in his Little League game to try to pad his stats, and uh, he was corking his bat. So, um, yeah, Calvin busted. But my main piece of headcanon is much darker and not nearly as whimsical. Darker than foul play in baseball? Not only did I enjoy that foul play, I enjoyed that wordplay. Thank you. I thank you. But everything that Calvin brought back to the the 5th or 6th century here uh, had modern 1995 germs on it. Uh, And these germs, they would mutate over hundreds of years. And I believe that Calvin is responsible for the Black Death and caused the plague that wiped out between 75 to 200 million people in Europe and Asia. Wow. So Calvin must be stopped. He is a madman. He needs to stop spreading his germs everywhere. Yeah, he's responsible for the plague. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. That's uh that's really good. That's very solid headcanon. Yeah, he's handing out items, he's giving people gum, he's kissing people. Keep it to yourself, Calvin. Quarantine. <laughs> wow. From my understanding, it is uh people aren't sure if the tales of King Arthur, the Sword and Stone, all these other things, if they are fact or fiction. Um mm-hmm. and so to kind of bridge the gap, basically, like well, that's because they've never been able to like find his body uh, because he was here among us in 1995. Whitlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, you, you made the connection with the Swiss Army knife. I just wasn't paying that much attention. I think I didn't know why he was whittling. I thought the important thing was what he was whittling, and I was like, what if, what if this whole thing was some kind of Wizard of Oz type hallucination uh, and he just like saw the old man whittling he associated the umpire of like trying to get quote home um, oh, sorry saw the catcher trying to get home and that's why it was like Princess Katie wow. um, yeah and it was like that kind of thing but uh, I guess the, the, the whittling thing for a half second I tried to make the headcanon work that for some reason, there was a person, there was a Calvin of Reseda in King Arthur time, but he lived forever and became, um, he became oh. Calvin that we know now. It's the same person, but he uh, just, <laughs> he was a vampire, basically. <laughs> he never aged because he drank blood, and that is why the old man was making uh, a, a steak, because he was a vampire <laughs> hunter. And he was going to kill Calvin. Um, it's been passed on through the years. And, uh, yeah, it's Arthur the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> oh, man. I love yeah. that. Oh, man. That's, that's great. Maybe Calvin drank from the Holy Grail. But the same vampire rules apply. Uh, and so he's just going to stake <laughs> this. He's going to stake this kid. Oh. I love that more than what this actual movie was about grayson we need to we need to write this fic yeah it's a real spoiler called a vampire in king arthur's court oh my gosh because he's playing baseball umpire vampire bats (laughs) (laughs) oh man grayson i think we gotta we gotta write a fanfic of this we at least have five books for young fiction that we can sell oh this is so uh, great Oh, Grace! Oh, okay, great. Uh, patent pending. Anyone listening? We this is our idea. Uh, We're writing. See with a circle. See with a circle. <laughs> see with a circle. Oh man! Da, 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 da. Here ye, here ye! Is now time to segue into our segment of the show where we like to talk about recasts and remakes. <laughs> Recast <laughs> remake. If this cinema were to be made today. Who would you cast? What would the storyline be? End introduction. Here's what I would love to do, just storyline-wise. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely love for them to basically use this vehicle as a edutaining series about different stories. Like, um, oh, cool. Like, like Wishbone. Exactly like Wishbone. Nice. And so it's just like, um, <laughs> it's just called like a kid. <laughs> Uh, each tile is in King Arthur's court or 
in Frankenstein's lab or yeah. uh, in The Catcher of Grey. I don't know. He just d- goes back in. He's learning about a thing and then he gets transported back because, you know, people keep on making the same mistake uh, every single episode about who this kid actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that that would just be a fun remake for this specific um, property if we're looking yeah. at it like that. If it yeah. were to be a movie, I would just rewrite it the way that we were kind of talking about it earlier. Like, mm-hmm. I think that I think we would start out with him more established in today's time a little bit more without it just being baseball. Um, but baseball is the thing um, like everything else almost happens exactly the same, except I would love to see him to go more through a journey of becoming brave. Like maybe he, when Katie gets kidnapped, maybe he's like, okay, well, I don't know. Maybe I got to be brave now, even though I'm afraid. And like King Arthur's just like, you know, gives him the Mufasa line of just like, I was like, I'm afraid too. I'm afraid of losing my daughter. And that's why you have to fight even in the face of fear. Like, I think that that would be really interesting just storyline wise. Um, But I I think that this, story has a lot of promise and i think that if they were to do it today i mean granted the kid who would be king kind of makes that not gonna happen anytime soon but i do think that that would be really interesting uh to see modern day times yeah i i I think you're right they could build out more of calvin's story too because uh we really only get that one scene of current day to know who he is and you could have it to where, like, the dad misses the game, and there's a scene where he goes home, and his dad's like, oh, sorry, I missed your game, all that. And then it has the connection tighter of, like, looking to King Arthur as almost a father figure, mm-hmm. but a father figure who feels distant from his own kids. Right. And him doing the cautionary tale of, like, I wish my dad was there, like, you have an opportunity, and, like, you could be this dad, and by extension, this the king you were meant to be to to everyone around so yeah i totally agree there's a lot more uh, story to be played out there if you have calvin as the main character right and i think yeah. that the perfect casting for um first off for king arthur ed o'neill i think he would be great um <laughs> and then for calvin nolan gold oh wow he's making it yeah. back except current day luke from modern family i think it's time for him to shine as the knight yeah. that he is that's great for recasting, I had Finn Wolfhart from Stranger Things and It nice. uh, as Calvin. He's just a, a strong young actor. And then uh, for Princess Kate, I had Anya Taylor-Joy. Uh, she's going to be in New Mutants. She's in Glass oh, yeah, yeah. right now. She was in Split. Um, and then for King Arthur, just because I like seeing him in armor, uh, Sean Bean. I'd like to see uh, Sean Bean. The problem with that, though, is then King Arthur would have to be killed off at some point in the story because, you know, Sean Bean, he just can't make it all the way through a story. (laughs) Gotta kill him off. Uh, But if we were to remake it, I would want to bring back Thomas Ian Nicholas, and it would be current day, um, and it'd be called A Full-Grown Man in Robin Hood's Forest. Ooh. And the tagline would be, Middle Age meets Middle Ages. Oh. And, uh, I just want to see that played out. Yeah, Well done, Grayson. I'd like to see a modern-day musical adaptation called A Kid Rock in B.B. <laughs> King's Court. Just really blend those musical styles. 
Hear ye? You again? Hear ye, hear ye. You thought I left, but I have returned for one final segment. This is a part of the show where we give you our reasons to recommend. So, Sir Grayson of Reseda. Reseda, please. Culver City. <laughs> Why would you recommend this movie? So, oh, oh he's gone. He left. Uh, I'd recommend uh, A Kid in King Arthur's Court because it does deliver on the core premise, which is a kid acting like a kid in a context where it would not necessarily be appropriate. Um, and there's fun stuff from that. Um, like the roller skate scene is fun. Like there's a lot of fun anachronisms that they play with. But I really recommend it for Arthur's story. He says at one point that uh, Camelot rots and I play at being king. And I think that that is uh, one line that really shows a lot about his character and and kind of where his um, his journey's at. He he feels like he's at the end. He he is the fallen king. Um, he's lost the respect of his people. And uh, I. it's just an interesting journey to go on with him. Um, and so I really recommend it for the, the King Arthur aspect. Um, you see a lot of stories of King Arthur where he's younger. Um, this is a, an accessible, well, not accessible through streaming, but an accessible <laughs> comedy that uh, shows him later in life. And even though it's not part of the King Arthur canon, obviously, it is a great exploration and a character that has been uh, told uh, for centuries. So it's um, it's interesting from that perspective and a good character study of how to take something old and try to make it fresh. Um, so yeah, for those reasons, I recommend A Kid in King Arthur's Court. Yeah, well said. I, I would recommend this movie because I think, especially when a lot of people just, like, critique a movie for just being bad. It's like, oh, this is bad, this is dumb, it's stupid, like this, that, the other. Honestly, A Kid in King Arthur's Court is a good movie to watch, especially if you are curious about how to improve a movie. It's a good case study because, like, by all means, like, this isn't the best movie, but I think that the core story that they told has elements that, if given more attention in certain areas, would be a much stronger movie. Um, right. And so, like, that's why I say, like, this isn't, like, the best version of this story, but the legs are there. Um, so I'd recommend it for that. Uh, I also recommend it because I want the Jansport to be a thing. Uh, I want it to show up in more movies and for me to be the one to trademark it. So I recommend it for that. Uh, but I also recommend it if you ever want to play uh, 90s bingo uh, with the movie. This is a good movie to see how many references you can count because I thought I knew almost everything about the 90s uh, as far as pop culture goes, but Mad Dog Bubblegum was brand new to me. Never heard of it before, never seen it, but I added that to my 90s bingo card. Seems messy. It, it really does. Yeah. Yeah. Real messy. Hello. Oh, I'm sorry. One of my scrolls were super glued to my pouch. Sounds like a personal problem. And thus concludes our review of A Kid in King Arthur's Court. Please let us know what your uh, ruminations are of A Kid in King Arthur's Court on the Twitter 
the Facebook, and the Instagram. In every location, we are at Flashback Flicks. Farewell. I am off to go promote another podcast. Oh, wow. The guy gets work. How does he know about podcasts and all those social media <laughs> platforms? I blame Calvin. He's broken the timeline. He's broken it. Also, uh, it would help us out greatly if you uh, left a rating and review of this podcast on your podcasting platform of choice uh, on a scale of one to five almost Big Macs. Uh, mm. How would you rate mm-hmm. this podcast? So I guess five almost Big Macs is a good thing? Uh-huh. Okay, got it. <laughs> or one to five things crammed in a Jan sport. <laughs> got to just really pack that thing in Yo, there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. It's the most wonderful time of the year. On the podcast, at least. It's sequelary. That's right. We are kicking off a month of movie sequels with none other than Darkman 2. The Return of Durant. Remember that one? The stakes have never been higher because this time, Darkman has skin in the game. (laughs) He printed it himself.